0: Welcome to Pushback, I'm Aaron Maté. My next guest recently took on the world's richest person and won. Kshama Savant is a socialist member of the Seattle City Council, and in her recent bid for re-election, Amazon, which is owned by Jeff Bezos, spent half a million dollars to defeat her. Well, Kashama Savant prevailed, winning re-election, along with four other progressive candidates maintaining the progressive majority on the Seattle City Council. Amazon backed seven candidates, but just two of them won. Kashama Savant joins me now, socialist member of the Seattle City Council. Welcome, Kashama Savant, to Pushback. Congratulations on your victory. How did you do it?
1: I think it really demonstrates the power of social movements. You know, ordinary people uh, who are facing deteriorating living standards, affordable housing crisis, escalating homelessness, most of us uh, under capitalism in normal circumstances are atomized and isolated from one another. And the system, everything in the media, all the narratives uh, tell us that if our lives are difficult, if you can't pay the rent, if you have student debt, if you don't have a well-paying job, then it's your fault because you can't get your life together. Uh, and instead, the reality is that most of us are struggling to get by because that is the nature of the system. It, uh, Capitalism you know, uh, uh, greatly increases the wealth. It siphons off the wealth from the bottom to the top. And so it's when we as ordinary people come together, get organized and fight as a collective around concrete questions like uh, taxing big business, like rent control, that is when we are able to prevail. And so that was the fundamental strategy through which we were able to win against the richest man in the world, as you said, Jeff Bezos, and also the entire uh, capitalist class, you know, the ruling class, the elite, and the political elite of the city who were all united in attempting to defeat my re-election campaign and really to carry out a hostile corporate takeover of City Hall, which they didn't succeed in doing, as you correctly said. Uh, and that's not because they didn't uh, try with millions of dollars you know the corporate packs together that amazon was a part of they spent over four million dollars the most that they spent was against my reelection campaign there were at least two dozen attack mailers using uh, racist and sexist tropes all, all kinds of lies and misinformation and uh, social media and other ads constantly drumming up uh, attempting to drum up support to my amazon backed opponent And yet voters have rejected that message because they're on the ground. You know, among ordinary people in Seattle, there is tremendous and overwhelming unity. that we don't want this city to be a playground for the wealthy. We want this city to be based on social justice. And we want it to be affordable for all working people.
0: How did your campaign uh, overcome that huge dollar amount that was spent? I mean, Amazon accounted for... $1.5 1.5 million dollars of the millions that were spent to defeat your progressive slate what was your campaign's response how did you mobilize how did you get out enough people to vote for you
1: right so first of all just you know some background the reason why we have such a tremendous movement around around our around my re-election campaign that we had this year uh, is has everything to do with the fact that for the last six years that we have been in city hall uh, we have used my office I have used my office unapologetically as an organ of larger movements. And we have won so many historic victories, starting with the making the making Seattle the first major city to win the $15 minimum wage, which, as you know, has now gone nationwide. We uh, were one of the first cities to end Columbus Day and ushered an in Indigenous Peoples Day. We have won landmark renter's rights, which were massively opposed by corporate real estate. And it was through all of those efforts for bold public policy, that we have won, you know, with a unanimous vote in a city hall that is dominated by corporate interests, because of the power of a social movement. And so, people have seen this over the over the last five years that this works. Movement building actually works, and it makes a difference when you have even one elected representative who is rooted in a social movement. So it was it was the that uh, background that really brought people. Uh, in, in sort of to be involved in this campaign. But in the campaign itself, in the 10 month long campaign, it was like we ran a historic campaign that has smashed all kinds of records. You know, we mobilized over a thousand volunteers who spent not just days, not just weeks, but months door knocking and canvassing for the campaign. And the reason they did that, these are all volunteers, the reason they did that is because this is their movement. They embrace. The the embraced uh, the fight for my re-election as the battle not just for me to be re-elected, but for our movement to have a voice in City Hall. We also smashed records for fundraising, not taking a dime from big business. We were able to raise over $750,000, which is a tremendous record. And our median donation is just $20. And if you look at the contrast, not only between the corporate back money, the independent expenditure that was coming against us, but also the contrast between the donors to my Amazon back opponent directly into his campaign and the donors to my campaign. That itself tells you the story of you know, the tale of two cities. So when you see the donors to my opponent, they were all executives of big tech and other corporations, corporate real estate, uh, corporate attorneys, CEOs, all of these billionaires, donating to my opponent, and when you look at the campaign, uh, the funds that that we raised for our campaign, the top professions in our campaign donors were tech worker, teacher, nurse, barista and bartender, student. So we had, uh, it was, you know, it was drawn as much along class lines as we've ever seen. All the CEOs and billionaires on one side and ordinary people on the other, which included tech workers themselves. So, Uh, It was a very important testimonial from tech workers. They don't share the vision of this city that is being promoted by the billionaire class like Jeff Bezos. Tech workers, like all other workers, want a city that's affordable. So it was because we built this tremendous field campaign, grassroots campaign, that we were able to triumph over all these millions of dollars, all these attack mailers and constant attacks. And, you know, keeping in mind, we were also facing... Six years of relentless attacks from the corporate media, the Seattle Times editorial board, which has, you know, just been shameful in its spreading of lies and misinformation and distortions of every progressive policy that we have fought for and won, and also then against uh, my campaign and using personalized um, invective to, you know, to to try and discredit my campaign. We were able to win against all of that because of the grassroots strength of the movement that was behind this campaign. And uh, to give you one other statistic, because of the tremendous volunteer base that we had mobilized, we were able to knock on over 200,000 doors in this campaign. It was, it was tremendous. It's not been, a campaign like this has not been seen before in our city.
0: Now, among your achievements, uh, on top of the uh those that you mentioned, including the $15 minimum wage becoming the first major city in the US to do so. Uh, you also um, got through a head tax, which would have imposed a per employee tax on major corporations like Amazon. That was approved, but then it was rolled back. Can you talk about that and whether you're planning on reviving that, uh, that measure?
1: Yes, uh, for those of your viewers who don't know this, Seattle and Washington State have the nation's most regressive tax system. That's quite stunning for a very progressive left-wing city and state. And so what that means is that the poorer you are, you pay more of a proportion of your income in taxes. And if you're a wealthy household, you pay very little. And if you're a big corporation like Amazon or Boeing or Microsoft, not only do you not pay nothing, you actually get money back because of tax rebates and tax subsidies. So just to take Amazon's example, Amazon has uh, an incredible tax haven in this city, thanks to the city's policies. Uh, but on top of that, because of Trump's tax cuts in 2017, last year in 2018, Amazon got $129 million tax rebate. Imagine the IRS giving you $129 million back saying, hey, you pay too much in taxes, here you go, take this back. This is completely lopsided and It is um, uh, an over, you know, overwhelming numbers of Seattleites support changing this lopsided tax system. And that is why our movement brought forward what we call the Amazon tax, which was, in other words, a tax on the 3 percent of the largest corporations in this city to be able to fund vital services and affordable housing. You know, it has tremendous. This idea of taxing big business has tremendous support, actually, right after the elections, you know, just in the last few days. There was a new poll that was released, which shows, again, shows overwhelming support for this kind of policy. And so we were able to build a movement powerful enough last summer uh, to be able to win a unanimous vote despite opposition from from the corporate politicians. They were felt forced to vote yes because of the pressure of the movement. But then less than a month later, uh, under the bullying of Jeff Bezos, that tax was repealed. Uh, Shamefully, it was one of the most shameful moments of city council history, and only myself and another council member voted against the repeal, and that all happened, uh, you know, in a way that sort of really is, is politically educational for us. You know, we often hear from the corporate media, from political pundits, "Hey, you know, uh, the left should not be divisive. We should bring big big business to the table." Well, guess and guess what happened in Seattle? The not me, but other politicians did. Bring the Amazon lobbyists to the table. It was supposedly a negotiated amount, you know, amount that was, you know, that had a piece on both sides. And yet, even that was repealed by Amazon and Jeff Bezos. It really shows that big business is not on your side. And in fact, uh, whenever they can, they will crush any progressive measures. And it was a lesson for ordinary people and for all of us for our for our movement that you cannot rely on. Politicians who see themselves who see who see their role as trying to triangulate between opposition by corporations and what the people need. We need elected representatives like myself, more of the more of us like me who base themselves on what people need, not on what can be negotiated in the back rooms with big business, and uh, basing ourselves on what we can achieve, what we can win through the power of a social movement, and so. Uh, As I had predicted, when when the repeal happened, I had predicted that, you know, this is not gonna be the end of the road. In fact, uh, those those elected officials who are repealing this tax because they think that is the uh, tactically advisable thing to do because big business is bullying you, that is the exact wrong thing to do. You do not back down in the face of a corporate bully because all you do is send a signal to them that, oh, you can be pushed around and you can be defeated. That's exactly what happened. The big business, the Chamber of Commerce, Amazon, on the repeal, that which was a success success for them, they recognized, you know, they saw blood in the water, and then they came after us in the elections, which, exa- which is exactly what our movement had predicted. And that's what happened this year. And that's why it was really, really critical, historic, that we were able to uh, win this victory, you know, sort of this David versus Goliath fight that David was able to win. And so I think this election, to, to, you know, to the second part of your question, this election, as much as anything else, has been a referendum on taxing big business. Uh, we know that there's overwhelming support to do that because despite all the money that these corporations threw into this elections, we were still able to win. That tells us that the majority of voters want a tax on big business. And so coming into the new year, we're going to be, uh, you know, determinedly building an even more powerful movement, not only to win a tax on big business, to fund affordable housing and services, but also to win rent control free of corporate loopholes.
0: Do you have constituents, uh, especially working people, I imagine, who come to you with a quandary, feeling torn between you know, championing bold progressive policies that would improve their lives and would curb corporate power? Uh, and b- between that and feeling torn by the fact that these corporations provide so many jobs for people. And they don't want to do do anything or support anything that could risk uh, the uh, antagonizing the corporations that provide livelihoods for people.
1: I think we have to be sober in the face of the you know the bitter reality under capitalism is yes the the purse strings of society under capitalism are controlled by a few billionaires and so uh, I would uh, be very um, you know I would be very understanding of. Working people who feel nervous that if you go up against big business, that will that could mean loss of jobs. That's a rational fear to have. But I think uh, what history shows, and this is not just um, distant history, but even recent history shows, is that actually it it it's the it's it's not what actually happens in under capitalism. Just to give you an example, uh, in 2013. When I was elected, when I was first elected to city council, three days after my election was certified, there was um, a historical event in Washington state, which was the single largest corporate tax handout in US history. Nearly $9 billion was given to the Boeing Corporation, not to the workers. In fact, it was simultaneously giving $9 billion to the billionaires of Boeing. And at the same time, it was a shameful attack on the pensions and other rights of the machinist union and the machinists who work at Boeing and make the planes. And so it was all all around, it was a a historic betrayal of the working class of this state. And when the state legislature, which was headed by Democrats, and when the governor who was a Democrat, James Lee, when they uh, carried out this historic betrayal, what they said was look if we don't do this for boeing if we don't give them what they are asking for uh, which was basically extortion then they will they have threatened to take jobs away and so boeing got that massive deal and the historic attack against boeing workers on the basis that if we didn't give them that then they would take away jobs what did they do after they got that deal they took the jobs away anyway and so we have seen this over and over again But as long as, I mean, capitalism is a global system. So it's not just about Seattle. It's not just about the U.S. It's about, you know, the way the whole world works. And so as long as there are workers who are poorer and more desperate than workers in Seattle, whether those workers in South Carolina or Bangladesh, as long as that is true, as long as it is possible for the capitalists to move, the bosses to move the jobs and save money, they will do it whether or not we give in. To their extortion here. So, in other words, in the absence of ordinary people fighting back, the race to the bottom for most of us is inevitable under capitalism. So, what we have to do, I mean, our our only choice, I mean, unless we want to accept a race to the bottom in every city, which I don't think ordinary people want to accept that, people want to fight back against the injustice that they see around them, then, then the strategy to do that is to fight in every city and refuse to accept a system that... Where, where the best that the system can do is give some of us decent jobs uh, on uh, at the expense of whole of society crumbling and most of us not having decent jobs and that's why in other words uh, it was really important in this campaign that we saw this unity between tech workers who are paid well who you know who want those jobs and uh, other workers you know it, it was really important to see tech workers standing in solidarity with other workers and recognizing that actually, as members of the working class, our fates are interlinked with one another. And as a tech worker at Amazon, I have more in common with the barista at Starbucks and the librarian and the teacher and the nurse than I do with the billionaires who own my corporation. So I think that was a brilliant example of working class solidarity. That is precisely what we need. And so uh, to give you a concrete example of the opposite of what Boeing did, you know, and what the state did, and the allowing that race to the bottom to happen. You turn that race to the bottom on its head by fighting for working class rights boldly. And so the counter example to Boeing is $15 an hour struggle. You know, when we were fighting for $15 an hour here, we had endless political pundits and big business who wish, viciously opposed it. The restaurant industry, the hotel industry, all of these uh, big guys, you know, threatening to move jobs, threatening to shut down. You know, we were promised nothing less than economic apocalypse if we fought for 15 dollars an hour but our movement was determined and we did it anyway what happened nothing bad happened seattle has, has been in boom since then and in fact the uh, restaurant and hotel industry themselves had to admit that in fact the restaurants outside you know just outside the periphery of seattle had to were forced to compete with higher wages inside the city because you know they had to compete for the same workers and so it actually led to increasing wages outside the periphery in Seattle as well. And much more than that happened. After we made Seattle the first major city, 22 cities went on to win $15 an hour. And now it has become a national conversation and there's potential to win a federal $15 an hour minimum wage. That's an example of how you turn the race to the bottom on its head and fight against the bosses in every city, not just in one city.
0: Kashama Sawant, Socialist member of the Seattle City Council. Thank you very much.
1: Thank you so much.